Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Real people, real stories, real talk. Welcome back to the Tell Me Something Real podcast, episode 24. So this week, we promise to give you a little bit of everything and absolutely nothing. Because the last couple of weeks were pretty heavy topics with our body image series, we decided to go a little bit more relaxed this time and just give you some updates on our our daily life this week. So that's going to bring you information about companion animals, life on a farm, libraries, Girl Scout cookies, cuckoo clocks, draperies, all sorts of things that you have always and never wanted to talk about. So sit back, relax, enjoy it. Remember, as always, rate, subscribe, give us five stars wherever that's possible because that helps other people find our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode. Now let's get into it. Well, hello, Kelly. How are you doing hello, this Heather. week? Hello, <laughs> Heather. I am I'm fabulous. How are you? You're fabulous. I'm terrible. Oh my God. Of course. <laughs> It's, it's been the worst yeah it's been the worst week it's been one of those weeks where it's just I'm sorry the worst week so I'd, ra- I'd rather you tell me what's going on with you this week okay well first I want to tell you a little story about Girl Scout cookies I can't remember the last time I enjoyed a Girl Scout cookie mm. I remember always getting them as a kid I remember buying Girl Scout cookies or I didn't buy them. I remember, remember, I can, I can speak today. I promise. I remember my mom buying Girl Scout cookies all the time because she worked in an office. And so everyone in the office had to buy everybody's kids, everything. For sure. But then as an adult, I think I bought them maybe once at the market and that was over a decade ago. And I, and they seemed really small and they just weren't Mm -hmm. very good. I was really unimpressed by the Girl Scout cookies and I was really confused about why people still raved about them. Well, cut to this week. Mm -hmm. I realized that now over half of the Girl Scout cookies are vegan Mm -hmm. and they have these new Girl Scout cookies that look incredible. So s'mores is my thing. And I love anything that has anything to do with s'mores or even pretends to have something to do with s'mores. But, you know, you can't get s'mores if you don't eat marshmallow and it's like a whole ordeal. So anyway, they have this cookie that's like a cookie and then it has maybe white frosting or something. And then it's coated in chocolate. It's like a s'mores cookie. And then they have a, a toast, a French toast inspired cookie that's like cinnamony and has frosting on it any and then they have like a lemonade cookie their peanut butter cookies peanut butter chocolate cookies are vegan um the thin mints are vegan like i just got so excited by this concept because all of a sudden lately i've been eating a lot of cookies like i always have some sort of like one type of sweet in the house and it kind Mm -hmm. of fluctuates um and lately it's been cookies and i think it's just because they're easy to buy on like thrive market So, um, we just always have some in the house and then, you know, after dinner, we'll sit down and have a couple. And, um, 
So I got really excited about Girl Scout cookies, but I'm not excited about going to any kind of like outdoor place because they're usually sitting outside Walmart or yeah, you know, some kind of store. I don't know. I haven't bought them in forever and you have to pay cash for them. I think I, you have to communicate with people. I don't know. It's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not really comfortable with. And so I went to the website and I ordered some online. I thought this is a thing that people do in a pandemic. It's a thing that seems like you do anyway. I um, was led to believe that the money would go to my local chapter Okay. Well, and then I was told that they would be shipped within 72 hours. I got really excited. Mm. So then I go to the Instagram page because I'm not getting any, any kind of emails about them being shipped. Mm -hmm. And the Instagram page is full of people going, where are my cookies? I ordered my cookies a month ago and haven't heard anything. And no one's responding to the emails. No one's saying anything. And then on the Instagram page, if you email, if you message them on the, and they're like, DM us and we'll figure it out. Well, if you DM them, they're like, we actually can't talk to you. The distributor has to talk to you. We don't have any information for you, but I know that they're behind. So now I'm like, and typically I Google things like a mofo before I even yeah. Think about purchasing them, but Girl Scout cookies I felt were pretty solid. Like I did not think that Girl Scout cookies were a thing that I would need to like really put my time researching in. But you, you bought know? them from Instagram? No, I bought them from the Girl Scout cookie website. Oh. The Girl Scouts of America or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, but they have an Instagram page because gotcha. everything has a social media and I don't have Facebook, so I don't know. Um, so anyway, so I got no I've gotten nothing. I ordered them three, four days ago now. They're supposed to be shipped within 72 hours. So it's technically not that late yet. The Instagram people told me they couldn't tell me anything. I then emailed the distributor just to be like, hey, I'm just checking on my order. Nada. Yeah. So now I'm feeling kind of frustrated because I'm wondering if I'm, you know, sometimes you take chances on things and it works out beautifully. And yeah. then sometimes you do, and it's a total train wreck. Mm -hmm. So I'm still waiting this one out and seeing what happens, but, um, I don't have a great feeling about it and it doesn't make me feel great about the Girl Scouts of America, um, or yeah. Girl Scout cookies in general. And so now I'm thinking, uh, really hope I get these cookies and I really hope they're the best cookies I've ever had in my life. Good luck with that. Yeah. Wow. I'm, uh, sorry all this is happening to you. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't go overboard and order like you know, tons of them. Yeah. Um, I ordered four or five box. I think five boxes, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's still a, you know, a significant investment. In that's cookies. a significant amount of money for cookies, yes. you know, and I really don't want to have to just write it off as a donation. <laughs> like, yeah. I better, I better see some, some cookies at the end of this that, you know, are shaped like cookies and taste like cookies. Mm -hmm. so. Well, I, I have eaten Girl Scout cookies in the past several years. They are smaller than mm. I remember them being as kids. Um, they aren't really the most amazing thing on the world. Mm. 
and the only cookie I like was like the only cookie they didn't make vegan, which doesn't even make sense. There's nothing in that cookie that. Which one is it? It's that one with like the caramel and coconut or something. Well, you know, caramel is in no way, shape or form vegan. But it could be made vegan. It can, but uh, I to make it, that would be rough on that particular type of cookie, but totally doable. I'm just saying, like, now I'm going to have to look up the name of that cookie. It's like the samosa, Samoa, Samoa, something like that. And it's got the coconut and the chocolate Mm -hmm. drizzle. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. And, you know, I have a feeling that you could probably buy that vegan. There are a lot of places that do very badly with um, vegan caramel. There are Mm -hmm. some places that will do it with, um, you know, uh, coconut milk and stuff and it, it tastes mm-hmm. wonderful but I guess no, Girl Scouts just aren't there no, yet I think I might just try to make them because mm. it sounds like all you would do I just need to look up like what vegan butter uh, you could use to make any vegan butter caramel. but that I mean I'm just saying is there but I would definitely use coconut milk because it's thicker okay you might even want to use only one, cream. It's only one teaspoon of milk in the whole thing. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, so that might be just worth making. I so say we'll go see. for it. Because then you also have to make some sort of shortbread, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. uses a lot of butter as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am not. Do you enjoy making shortbread cookies? I don't enjoy anything in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> Because I find shortbreads to be one of the worst because you have to like put them in the fridge or freezer and it's like a whole process. You don't just make a dough. What I will actually do is share this recipe to my teenager who loves to bake and um, cookies will appear. That's That's the best way to do it. And then I'm like, look at these cookies I made. I need one of those teenagers right now in my house. Well, um... That's always so frustrating when something online doesn't pan out. But, you know, we've had some situations where we thought we got totally screwed when we ordered something from like a Facebook ad that was Mm -hmm. from a company in China and months go by and you've heard nothing. And then one day it appeared. So maybe they'll just appear one day. You'll have to. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. I know, like, and it'll be a total surprise. Exactly, like Christmas. It's funny when places don't send you any kind of shipping information. Mm-hmm. And then you're just waiting around for forever. And you assume that same situation. You assume you got screwed. And then, oh, here we are. Yep. Well. Interesting. So what else What nice. else is going on with us? That's my, that's my down for the week. Oh. But it's still in limbo. Okay. I mean, it could be a positive. It could be. Yeah, we're not sure yet. I mean, I'm sure I'll up, hopefully by the next time we podcast, I'll I'll have Girl Scout cookies to tell you about. Yeah, I hope so. So keep us updated. We want to know. And uh, maybe we need to organize some sort of mass boycott of the Girl Scouts of America if they don't deliver. Yeah, I mean, trust, I have already been checking out like who to contact if things go awry. Mm-hmm. definitely the better business bureau would be a starting place yeah i think they have an f or something i don't even want to talk Wait. about it <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're not concerned about their rating at this point is what yeah, you're saying I don't even want to talk about it oh my gosh well uh i also had a kind of down week um 
no, no cookies were involved um, mm. in my week, but uh, yeah, it was like a week where everything just went wrong. You know, you have those weeks and you can just see it like piling up and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And you know that like, once it gets that kind of momentum with everything going wrong, there's no coming back from it. So, well, thankfully anyway. the week is almost over. It is. And I feel like, you know, I'm rounding a corner, but you know, some weeks being on a farm is a really great thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know I shared in my update a couple weeks ago that we had baby goats that were born and they were so cute. And right now they're outside playing and just leaping around and running. Oh my gosh. Cutest things. Wow. Ever. Um, I want to ask you about the the recent drama but I'm scared to so mon- so really the week started out with I noticed that my horse was limping and I was like mm-hmm. okay that that's a problem and mm-hmm. I need to address that right away but it was Sunday so I was like all right the vet's not open on Sunday but tomorrow vet well then Monday came and it was one of those Mondays just one of those Mondays mm-hmm. where everything went wrong. My kid got up late, missed the bus. I take him to school, catch the world's longest train. So then he's late to school and I'm late to work. And then, because that wasn't bad enough, a pig escaped. My neighbor has pigs down on the lower end of our property. The girl pig got out and was hit and literally run over by a truck full on tires ran her over she survived horrible she gets up she walks back down to her pen her little shelter and um she's bleeding she's visibly hurt um she lays down in her shelter and there's a little girl pig that's her daughter that's maybe six or seven months old Mm -hmm. she starts bringing all of the straw and putting it all around her mom Mm. making like a little bed for her and once she gets her all cozy in her little bed she just laid down there next to her oh my gosh gosh, kelly it was just heartbreaking oh my heart anyway so so with much to do we got mama pig up into the trailer and she goes on to the vet okay all in all she looks really good for being run over by a truck okay and um she's eating drinking everything seems to be fine she um but it's going to be just a waiting game to see if she pulls through and is able to regain her strength right now she's just sleeping a lot but she's eating and drinking so um so that was the beginning of monday and i'm still thinking i haven't done anything with my horse who needs to go to the vet yeah Yeah. because that was all of monday that that pig thing was all of monday Mm. and so then um so then tuesday i have to get make my horse a priority and so we have to get my horse out of his pasture and up here and loaded into the trailer um and he was in just terrible, terrible shape. He could barely even walk. His leg was so swollen. So anyway, so we get him to the vet, get him all taken care of, um, transferred him over to a full care boarding facility so that he can get like full-time um, health care 
and attention and somebody looking at him all the time because I can't give him that with my work schedule. Mm-hmm. And I had to take already a lot of time off this week. So yeah, everybody seems to be doing good now and, <laughs> and they're recovering, but what a tough and expensive week wow. on the farm. So yeah. Animal stuff is so tough too. Um, and big animals are not like a cat you don't just you can't yeah. you know your cat you pick it up you put it in a carrier and well, you put the carrier in your car and the car goes to the vet like not if you quite have, that simple <laughs> but you think about a 400 pound pig yeah that does not have any interest in going into a trailer has no idea why it would be going into a trailer is hurt mm-hmm. suffering scared all those things same thing with a horse uh, even a horse who understands getting into a trailer, if they have a hurt leg, that's much more difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an ordeal to get animals to a vet. Yeah. That um, sounds really stressful. Yeah. Like uh-huh. if my dog is sick, I put my dog in, in my car and we drive to the vet. The dog well, doesn't bite me. He just gets in the car and we go to the vet. Wow. I mean, that's cool. Like, um, so on that note, <laughs> um, we've been having cat issues this week. Oh no. So... Oh, I hate talking about cat food and care because Mm. it fluctuates. And so it stresses me out because I feel like if we take my cat to the doctor, I don't even know what to say to the doctor. It's the same as when I go to the doctor and the doctor's like, what have you been eating? And it's like, I don't know. I don't write (laughs) down everything that I, you know. You should just refer to your Instagram. like. (laughs) If you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can see what I eat every day. So I will say, um, speaking of just sticking a cat in a carrier, well, it doesn't really work like that. I have a skittish cat. Um, And we've been watching this Jackson Galaxy show. He's like this cat guru called My Cat from Hell. And Mm, one of the things that he suggests. He's the guy with the weird facial hair Mm -hmm. or something. But he's like really cool. Um, I can't with him. But go ahead. (laughs) He's really, really cool. So he suggests if you have issues with the carrier to use a little laser pointer and Mm -hmm. laser point into the carrier and out of the carrier until the cat feels comfortable. Like there are no boundaries with the carrier and no negative associations with the carrier. Okay. So I'm like, you know, this is something that we need to start because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really difficult to pick up our cat or to take her anywhere. So I get out the carrier and she is hiding under the bed for an entire day. Oh my Lord. That didn't work out. So then same week, this week, this past week, she started regurgitating her food every day. Oh my Lord. Now I say regurgitate because she's not throwing up. It's, you know, within an hour after she's eaten. So it's like fresh food basically. And it's only at the end of the day slash evening. So here's the thing. I've been kind of, she's always been on the same hard food, but I've been kind of switching up the soft food because the place that I ordered the soft food from online was out. So I was just picking some up at the store. Well, they're all the same quality. They're all grain-free. They Mm -hmm. all have generally the same ingredients. So I'm like, this shouldn't be a big deal. Like I used, like the cat that I had before her, I would feed a variety of foods and she never had any issue with anything. So I'm like, you know, whatever, no big deal. Well, then I open a new bag of hard food this week and she starts doing the regurgitation thing. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, is it the bag of hard food 
So after a couple of days, we stopped feeding from that bag because it occurred to us that it could be that a bad bag. So we stopped feeding her the hard food. Then I only feed her soft food yesterday because this has been going on just this week. Yeah. Because um, here's the thing about taking a cat to a vet. I have spent thousands of dollars at a vet for them to tell me, we don't know. She looks mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. And I just can't be doing that right now. She's hungry. She's mm -hmm. eating perfectly normally. She's going to the bathroom perfectly normally. And she's insanely active. So okay. there's nothing alarming happening other than this regurgitation thing. And she's not regurgitating her whole food. It's just in the evening like that. So, so what I did yesterday was I fed her only soft food. Mm -hmm. And I fed her in tiny little increments. So I fed her first thing when I woke up in the morning and then a few hours later, and then a few hours later, and then at like five o'clock and five o'clock is the one that she regurgitated. Well, she, all right, sorry, listeners, but I'm sure <laughs> you all have animals. Then she ate it. My so here's the, the thing. She could eat it. She didn't throw it up again. So it's not like she can't keep down any food. So then today, and she, well, I guess that's two days that I've done that because that happened two days in a row. Mm -hmm. um, then today I've fed her three times so far. She's eaten her food perfectly fine. I'm terrified to feed her again later tonight because the theoretically she should be eating about a can a day if I'm only feeding her wet food. Now this is a whole separate issue because we went to try to get her a new bag of hard food and they store it in the habit. So now we're like in this weird and she only has one can of food left. We're going to have to go buy her hard food tomorrow. It's like this whole ordeal because now it's like, we're going to be reintroducing the hard food and we don't even know, if, you know, we don't know what's going on, but so I'm scared to feed her the food tonight. She's had absolutely no problem with the food that she's eaten today, but I'm like, do I just cut her off? Like, what do I, do? I, I have no idea, but again, she's not doing anything that would make me think there's an underlying issue or that there's yeah. something wrong with her. I feel like it's far more likely that she got into something that maybe she shouldn't have, or that one bag of food was bad and it just upset her stomach for a few days, or maybe she's allergic <clears throat> to something in the food all of a sudden. Cause I know cats can develop allergies like randomly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but yeah. um, that's my small teeny tiny animal <laughs> trauma for the week. I would say in Match my world, your, that does not, that does not meet the requirements that are, that, that must be met for a vet visit. Yeah. So, I mean, if know. she were acting in any way abnormal outside of that, we mm -hmm. would take her, but yeah. um, she's well, just being so normal. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, where, where you get the vet being like, we don't know what's wrong with her. Mm -hmm. Because if you bring in an animal that's acting totally normally, except for this one tiny thing, even human doctors are like this too. They're like, ah, you're probably fine. Like, and you're like, how much did I just spend for you to tell me that I'm probably fine? That sucks. So I, okay, I'm having a very similar situation, but kind of on a different level. Uh, we have this other horse. We have two horses. Okay. One, one has gone to the vet and is now living in a boarding facility and then we have this other horse and she's not super old she's like 16 or 17 how long do horses last usually uh domesticated horses well taken care of can live 
upwards of, you know, 30 years old oh, or cool. even longer. So, okay. so she really should have plenty of good life. Uh, so horses sleep mostly standing up, but they do lay down to like roll in the dirt, um, which I think is like a flea protectant mm. um, and other things like sunscreen. I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's good for their coats to roll in the mud. So they do it right. all the time. And I was reading up on it and horses do have to lay down to get like true REM sleep. And mm. so they'll only do it in places where they feel comfortable. Interesting. Um, so, so it's a good thing if your horse is laying down. So this horse lays down more than any other horses we have. Um, but then she seems to struggle getting back up mm -hmm. and she's not injured. She doesn't have any signs of, you know, leg problems or health problems. Otherwise she's eating, she's active, she's happy. Everything else is great. She just lays down a lot and then has trouble getting back up. And like I said, she's not old. So if she was old, I'd be like, ah, oh, she's, she's old. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, do I take a horse to the vet and be like, Hey, my horse lays down and then has trouble getting back up. What do I do? And they're like, I don't there's yeah. what get get him a walker I don't like what is the answer to that I don't think there's an answer to that so yeah I think that's it and what's frustrating about these types of situations is that nothing is ever an issue until all of a sudden it's really an issue like all of a sudden the horse can't get up and then it's like oh shit <laughs> like yeah. now we've got a problem well we actually had this lady come by one night and get out of her car and come up to our house and tell us that our horse was dead and I'm like did you do a medical exam like what huh? I mean you know what though it's that's actually that's actually kind of cool that she did that because even though it's alarming and weird like I totally have seen animals like in a field or something that did not look right but yeah. it's like well I don't know what to do about that so it's kind of interesting that she did that. But she got out, literally looked at my teenager in the face. So she thinks in this moment, she's about to break the news to this unsuspecting person mm -hmm. that their horse is dead. Uh -huh. And she chooses to do it by going, you got a dead horse in the field, gives a snarky little smile and jumps back in her car and peels off. And I'm like, yeah. That's how you delivered the news. That's gross. Never mind. Us. I take it all back. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify it was not cool. I she could have come back. up and said, Hey, I noticed you have a horse that's laying down. And or, I'm worried about one of your horses. Anything, you know, nothing. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, we go down there. The horse was laying down. She was having trouble getting back up. Um, but then one of the other horses came over and she just jumped right up. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Maybe so anyway, she's just sad or something I, like unmotivated. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I am torn right now between trying to put some work into this horse and making her a little more friendly because she's mm -hmm. a little bit bad with her manners mm -hmm. is how they say. Like rehabbing uh, her a little bit. She's a little nippy. You know, she, she will try to push you around and see if she can uh, bully you. Mm -hmm. she's the lowest on the totem pole in our herd so my horse psychology expertise intuition tells me that uh she sees us as the only 
beings that she can push around. So mm-hmm. she chooses to bully us. That we did sense. give her uh, a, a boy goat. And so now she can bully him around. And uh, that seems to actually be helping with her. That's cool. Demeanor. She was actually really nice to me yesterday. Um, so anyway, so I'm kind of torn between like, you know, because that's just a matter of, of her being worked with, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't been doing because she's not my horse. She's actually yeah. my kid's horse. Um, my horse is the one that just went to the vet. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah. it is, it's very frustrating. It's, this is one of those times where it's like, why can't we just speak the same language? Mm-hmm. Tell me what's wrong with you. You know, yeah. tell me what's going on. Cause it's just, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's really frustrating. And it makes you feel so guilty because mm-hmm. you have no idea if absolutely nothing's wrong and you're just being a crazy person or if your animal is about to die yeah and you're doing something wrong you know you're (laughs) not preventing it from happening so and the thing with animals like horses is it's like I struggle with this idea because I really want horses to be like wild Mm -hmm. and free and living their lives and unfortunately horses what we've done to them is made it so they can't survive in the wild and they Mm -hmm. actually now need to live that's what I've learned this week my horse needs to live in a stall I'm like my horse lives in the woods and is happy and come to find out my horse was not happy he probably enjoyed having all that room to graze and run and play with other horses but in reality he needed also to be in a stall and be dry and um and have human eyes on him multiple times a day because they're not designed he was a racehorse he he's what they call an off Mm. the track thoroughbred so he was bred Mm. to be a racehorse he actually won a race uh when he was young and then had an injury and retired well that's i mean that's really cool because usually when a horse when a racehorse has an injury they just shoot it in the head and then the day's over so yeah, so fortunately, well, I mean, the injury wasn't it. that bad. He could still do lots of other things. He just wasn't going to race again. So then he went on to be like a show horse for a little girl. And he did like jumping and all the competition stuff that little mm-hmm. girls love to do. And then he was too old uh, and really beyond his time to do that when I got him. And I was like, that's fine. I just want a horse that just chills mm-hmm. and walks around and is happy and really sweet. He's really, really sweet, like a big giant puppy dog. And that's yeah. what I wanted. I, I have like, very, I have almost no experience with horses. I really can't wait for the pandemic to be over so that I can come visit you and yay, see your horses. And see my horses. Um, but yeah, like our other horse, she's really, she can be really aggressive on the ground. Like I definitely have my guard up much more when I'm around her. Hmm. Um, I would not have the baby around that horse, you know, but I absolutely will bring the baby out to see my old man is just sweet and he can still be ridden if he recovers from his leg injury he'll he'll Mm. probably be able to ride again but we just don't do anything crazy we don't run around we just walk down trails stuff like that cool so So listeners i i hope that you've enjoyed this podcast about (laughs) animal animal health care hey our pets we we want to this care for this was a podcast about everything and nothing and i think we are you know we're right at the nothing we're We're making sure you've got it all well Um, I do want to share something positive Uh, great (laughs) yeah so so it's not all bad okay um 
I decided that I really needed some shopping therapy. Okay. Because um, after I spend thousands of dollars at a large animal vet, I really like to go spend more money on therapy <laughs> in the worst way possible. But uh, so basically, I just went to Sephora with my JCPenney card and just had it out. Um, Tell us my, what, what, what's the damage? I got what did all you get? The things I got all the things. All so, it, took, so are we going to have a, a skincare episode soon? Then? It would be a makeup episode because okay. I, got all, I got all the makeup things. So um, my teenager is like obsessed with makeup and watches like tons of makeup YouTubers and loves to do makeup. Mm-hmm. So I took him to Sephora with me and he helped me pick out a foundation. I got like a whole Urban Decay eye makeup palette that's like the honey colored so it's got Mm -hmm. all these like cool golds and um anyway color like natural colors like nothing Mm -hmm. um blue or pink or anything yeah um I got new eye makeup brushes I got contour I got highlighter I got all all of the things I've never had in my life wow I got them all and lipstick so wow I got everything all out I, I spent a ridiculous amount of money at Sephora. So that's easy um, to do. It, it was. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's not surprising. Oh, and I also got finishing spray, which apparently is hugely wow. important. But it basically just, it was kind of like a moment to, like, with me and my teenager, like, I let him just direct, you know, the experience of like <laughs> basically what would be his wish list of makeup if he was going to play around. With makeup and again like I was talking about on our podcast a few weeks ago this is all for me about self-care like mm-hmm. I just want to sit in the makeup in the mirror and play with makeup like mm-hmm. a little kid yeah um this does not have anything to do with me needing to uh or, or trying to change my my way of doing things to this like I'm going to obsess about makeup every time I go to the house like mm-hmm. that's not my goal my goal was mostly that I wanted shopping therapy and makeup seemed like the absolute most yeah, ridiculous really, um, way to spend a bunch of money so I agree henceforth the quality way. of the therapy was at its utmost right because if you're blowing money on completely ridiculous items that's the best shopping therapy I mean I'm Can't definitely going to expect photos on the Instagram page of all of the looks that you are going to be trying all right I want to see it all well, um, I bought it two days ago. I to do like a little runway show. And it's all still in the Sephora bag sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> I've like opened nothing. I, I mean, just needed a shop. <laughs> it's been so long since I've been to an actual store other than the grocery store. Like just the idea of having a shopping bag with new stuff in it with tags on it is, mm-hmm. that just sounds amazing to me. Yeah. Like that sounds so fun. I, I, I'm glad that you got to experience that. Yeah, we had to go into town for this orthodontist appointment. So I was like, we're right here by the mall. Why not? Yeah, that sounds fun. It out. So yeah, so yeah, I will uh, update you guys on my makeup situation. Yeah, I can't wait. Once I actually get it out and put it. Well, and then I was dealing with like the horse and the pig and and I was also trying to work this week. So now it's the weekend, like I'll actually have some time to to play with it. Yeah, right I'm on. excited. It seems I don't like foundation. I don't really like anything on my pores. So again, this is totally just like to experiment with and play around with and see mm-hmm. 
And I can see like every once in a while, like maybe when this pandemic's over, like a night where we go out to like a special evening or something where I want to be all dolled up, then, mm-hmm. you know, then I, cause that's the other thing. Like I do have evenings where I want to get like all makeuped up. And then I look in the mirror and I look at my little like bag of very simple, basic stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not possible. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do you put on makeup? Yeah. And I will say too, that like, I mean, I'm interested to see how this experiment goes for you because when I put on makeup now, and I'm sure it's just a skin issue. Like I am not nearly as hydrated as I should be. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just feel like when I put on makeup, it just makes me look really old. It doesn't make me look good in any way. It makes me look so old and then like creasy and wrinkly. And it's just like not a good look. And I think that I started noticing that maybe a decade ago, you know, a while ago. It was a while ago where I thought when I put makeup on, I look older than when I'm not wearing makeup. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm interested to see how how this uh, makeup overhaul and putting on as much makeup as humanly possible goes. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. So on that note, I want to switch gears just a little bit and tell you about something really exciting that I discovered this week. Okay. So I get a lot of books, almost all of my books on my library website and I get them Mm -hmm. on my Kindle. So Mm -hmm. check them out from the library. Well, this week... I discovered that you can now check out magazines. What? What is right? I am so excited by this because I miss magazines so much. You read magazines? I haven't read, I haven't gotten magazines in years now because it's just, it's the opposite of environmentally friendly. Um, I just cannot magazine is right up there with cookbook for me like I I have to have it I have to have it and I will never read it and then years later after lugging it around from house to house I'll eventually like accept that I can throw this away wow yeah I don't I just don't allow myself to have magazines anymore um well I don't have magazines because like I said I think that there's nothing environmentally sound about doing that that said, I love magazines. Really? So I, I do have a subscription to, or I did have a subscription to a couple of magazines. Um, and I will like on the Kindle, mm-hmm. um, cause magazine subscriptions are crazy cheap on the Kindle. And awesome, they're I think super I got expensive in real in life, real life now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for a year, it's like five bucks. So when I am craving reading something that's just like, like if I do not have the attention span for a book, then I will whip out my little Kindle magazine. But I am so excited because now I get to read all of those like horrible celebrity gossip magazines, like People and Us Weekly and like whatever, stuff? <laughs> whatever the ones there are oh that God. I don't know because I haven't read them in so long but they have them on the library site now so I can check them out guilt-free I'm not ruining the environment I'm not paying for that industry and it's so exciting to me 
Also, the library also has tons of movies. I've been checking out movies from the library online again, because I I mean, I assume that the library is open, but I'm not going there. Um, Is it? I haven't been to a library in a long time. I would also say that like during the pandemic, it fine, like it occurred to me how totally unsanitary libraries are in general. Like mm. once the pandemic happened and libraries closed and I was like, yeah, I don't want to be touching books that like, you know, COVID people are all touching and stuff. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't want to be touching books that thousands of people are touching in the bed, in the bath and the like, all, well, I, ugh. like they've been all over people's houses. It's so unsanitary. That said, I love libraries. I think libraries are beautiful and amazing and wonderful. And I think we should all support libraries. But in the same way that like, you know, food samples are actually really disgusting and unsanitary. Mm -hmm. Libraries probably a little bit. I mean, I don't don't think they're wiping the books down, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Just, uh, It'd be interesting. It seems like that should become a policy. Wiping books down? Yeah. I used to volunteer for exactly. this. Um, Libraries are full of volunteers. Like, well, I used to volunteer for this, this um, children's book club thing where mm-hmm. they would give like, um, they would be donated books and the kids would get like a little satchel, like a little take-home satchel of um, like, you know, five to 10 books age appropriate every, you know, once a month or something like that. And we Mm -hmm. would have to go through and like clean the books and make sure that they were not torn and, you know, tape them up if they were torn and like erase the crayon in them and stuff. And I feel like that's maybe what, what library volunteers should, I would volunteer at a library to do that. Yeah, no, it's, it should happen. I don't know. I'm going to now like have to look into what the library cleaning practices are. Cause I mean, um, I just think about how read. intimate books yeah. are. You know what I mean? So, how intimate and, you are with them. And this is my thing about libraries. Like I, one, don't really read books. I listen to books and mm. I have my Audible subscription. Um, right. So, and, and I'm even, <laughs> we already know, like that's just a wish list of things that I hope to one day listen to. Right. not gonna actually happen. Um, but I came from a family that collected books and books mm-hmm. were part of decor. Sure. And so if I am going to commit to reading a book, like actual pages that I'm going to buy, I'm going to go to a brand new bookstore, you know, well, you know, a bookstore with brand mm-hmm. new books. And I'm going to pull like a fresh, you know, uncracked binding new book smell thing off the shelf so that's yeah, really I mean, how it's going to go for me that's I love great. to buy books that's great in theory mm-hmm. um I love buying books too but if you've moved more than once as an adult you know that's insanely impractical um so a fight with my husband I used to be I used to be a book collector mm-hmm. and I had shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of books I had them color coordinated alphabetized by subject. Um, I mean, it was, I was so proud of my book collection. And then after the first move, you know, I got rid of a few boxes of books and then it was a few more boxes. And at this point I have 
maybe, I mean, the amount of books that I actually still have is crazy. And I've gotten rid of books that I had never even read, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I had every intention of reading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now I just, I mean, I almost com- solely read Kindle books now, which I'm completely fine with at this point. But I will say if I am reading at all, it's usually before I go to bed in bed or in the tub. And when I think about, I don't want to read a library book in the tub. So you're, I don't want someone else to be reading a book that I've been reading a in a tub. Yeah. Wow. My Kindle. Interesting. And scary. Like what if you drop it? Um, well, I've been doing that for about a decade and I haven't yet. Okay. And it's not like it's um, plugged into the wall. So well, I don't think it's going to kill you. I'm just saying like you're going to destroy not going your to Kindle. Electrocute me. No, but your Kindle will be ruined immediately. Well, um, that's good. I, I would not. not trust myself to have a tablet in the bathtub. The last time I had my phone just near the bathtub, it got water damaged and it took me a month to get a new phone. So. Oh my goodness. I, I, I mean... Yeah, every electrical appliance basically that I own is every tech gadget I own is near me in the tub. <laughs> that's, Never had a problem. That's amazing. That's exciting. I cannot read Kindles, um, reading anything from a screen, even that like dim mm-hmm. gray screen uh, has a reaction where I just get like a massive headache and then have to lay down in a dark room for hours. Mm-hmm. Part of my job, a huge part of my job is I have to read case files that are all online mm-hmm. and I will, it's just so painful at times because I have to force myself to keep looking and keep reading even though it's like causing this yeah really bad I can't read it on a white screen like I don't have my husband has a paper white Mm -hmm. I can't read a paper white like to me that gives me a headache um but my kindle has like it has the black screen with the white writing and then it has um a sepia tone and like a greenish color okay and those two are totally fine with my eyes um but i can't do the white Mm -hmm. so i totally i mean i understand what you're saying um and it did it took me i resisted the kindle for a long time Mm -hmm. but i wish that i hadn't because in that time i bought so many books that i could have just gotten from the library on the kindle or really Mm -hmm. cheaply on the kindle and then i ended up buying so many books that had to be given away and Mm -hmm. um you know, it's a real hassle. So I wish yeah. that I hadn't been so down with the Kindle I, for so long. I hear you. I've had, I've had a lot of books get destroyed uh, in moves or by being improperly stored in a place that ultimately that had, you know, water or mm-hmm. dampness. I mean, I've lost a lot of books that way. But for me, I think I'm at this place where like, you know, we bought a house, even if we move again, it would be nearby Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm ready to really commit to growing my, like I have an actual plan to yeah, grow my book collection. <laughs> that is different to me. If mm-hmm. I was in my forever home, mm-hmm. I would absolutely have a library. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, it's just gotta happen. And if you watch the news, every single person, every single person who's being interviewed on the news from their mm-hmm. home has a bookshelf behind them. And then I think the books that they choose to be displayed are very meaningful. And it's interesting to see what books. I think it's all fake and done by their like publicist or assistant. 
people, some of those people don't I think have about it every single assistants. time I see one of those news things. I'm like, mm, because I used to work with a bunch of attorneys and they all had like thousands of books in their libraries. And I knew that they'd never picked up a single one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but that's like a requirement I'm for impressed. attorneys. Like you actually like, I think have to have like all those volumes of like legal books there. I'm telling you, I think that's actually a thing. <laughs> so okay because there may be a reason I mean okay so I used to work in a law library mm-hmm. and and I know for a fact that all of those books are now available online but and we actually cleared out that was part of the project when I was there was clearing out these hundreds of volumes of these old law manuals but the most recent set stayed and would always be there because there is some value that you need. Like if your internet went down and you needed to look something up, like, thank God the books are there, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, they, they used to like keep backlogged of all the different editions of the law manual. So you could see how the laws had changed as well. And now all that's totally online. So there's no reason for that, but. That makes yeah, sense. I do, I do think that like, there's something about lawyers having at least some, collection of law books like giant fat unattractive <laughs> law books that are there yeah I question I if they've see ever opened one. one yeah I really no. do I, I want I'd like to see it I've never probably seen not because all that stuff is online it's um, but it's part of an aesthetic that I think makes law offices seem more official like if they weren't there like how could you believe they were really a lawyer like I don't know but anyway I I really want my my massive built-in bookshelf and I'd like it to be behind my desk here and do you want it to have a secret passageway that would be great that would be great I am in a bonus room upstairs so that's totally a doable situation actually um I recently re-watched um the haunted mansion which Mm. is the Disney movie with Eddie Murphy came out years ago I I was just really craving a cheesy silly Disney movie and I was thinking of the Haunted Mansion for some reason because it's a fun ride I mean I remember being a kid and going to Disney World and riding that Mm. Haunted Mansion ride over and over and over again Mm -hmm. like just standing in line for that one ride all day long it was so fun so I wrote it a few years ago and it, it wasn't that fun. Well, you're an adult. It's not for <laughs> Um But so, yeah, lots of secret passageways going on in that Secret film. passageways are fun. They I'm are. a big fan of a secret passageway. So, I mean, I, I mean, want, it's, it's totally doable because like on the other side of this wall, there's a, a closet that we don't really use. And you could put like a spiral staircase that went downstairs into like a a little candle that's not really a candle that you turn over or a little head. Yeah, yeah. Like bend down. And then it shifts and the wall opens. And what you think is just a built in library is so much more. Yeah. Yeah. I will get right on that. But it starts with a bookshelf. You got to have a bookshelf first. That's true. The books don't actually have to be real books, though. From yeah. what I gather in movies. I think it's supposed to not be real books. I think that's the whole the whole thing. Only one book is real and you pull that one out and then the Right. And then there the are those moves. books that actually are hollow and you keep things in them. 
Mm-hmm. So Do those I feel really like work? Do people a recurring, that? I don't know. I feel like a recurring theme on this show <laughs> is things that we experienced in our childhood that would lead us to believe that those <laughs> things were going to be more. Like, yeah, I mean, I am really <laughs> upset that there aren't more secret passageways. I was really thinking that this was going to be a thing that like I encountered more often as an adult, like mm. not all the time. You wouldn't just stumble upon them in every house like Scooby-Doo did. Like, I mean, every episode there was a bookcase that turned around, but I assumed that like it would happen every once in a Sometimes. while. Sometimes, You know, yeah. I think I'm mostly disappointed that I don't actually know anyone who has a mansion. <laughs> Problem one. I thought that someone at least would have some sort of dark, you know, mostly made of like granite or, you know, something that you had to fish out from a mountain. Okay. Um, stairwells that, you know, went yeah. to nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Quarters. Yeah. I, I don't more, I don't have a single friend with a house that has quarters. No. Um, or wings. I, I just don't, where, where, maybe I just have the wrong friends, but I really did think that I would see more of this, more um, thunder and lightning, candlelit rooms, mm-hmm. um, drapery. Yeah. You know, where's um, the draperies? Uh, all of these things, I just stone figurines, mm. statues. Oh, and definitely, I don't know anyone who has, what's that, like, a knight, you know, in a their knight. hallway? Oh, the armor, the suit of yeah, armor? Yeah, the suit of armor yeah. with a, yeah. you know, a sword or something. Ooh, 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 I have one thing. I just got and an it. I will just visit. <laughs> I have a handmade grandfather clock. So I feel like that's one of the things like it's not rare, but does it cuckoo or it just goes dong, dong, dong. We'll go dong, dong when we get it fixed, but <laughs> okay. it's a family heirloom. So that like, it's not that's just cool. a grandfather clock. It's just, I didn't get it from like an antique store. Like, mm. I feel like that's part of it. Like family heirloom, grandfather clock, tall <laughs> and creepy. So like, yeah you at least have a friend with with that so but i mean that's cool i'm into that not as but cool a cuckoo as a secret clock. stairway <laughs> like i really would like a clock that goes cuckoo cuckoo okay, i'll get to work on that um recently my husband loves to go look in like these little like kind of antique type stores i love antique stores and i miss them so i am so over this pandemic can I I just want to go shopping in an antique store and buy nothing yeah anyways it's not necessarily my thing but uh we stopped at this one on the way to the beach one time and and at beach we're in Oregon the coast like yes (laughs) sophisticated (laughs) there's there's water and it meets land but there might not be beach anyway uh and there they had for sale these old antique authentic german cuckoo clocks that were worth like tons of money i think like the lady wanted like six hundred dollars for it and the thing didn't even work it needed to be fixed Mm. uh and i thought my husband was actually about to buy this thing like he really looked at it for a long time uh so we came that close to having like 
Wow. Like, and like Pinocchio, like handmade, you know, German. Wow. That's intense. And when I say Pinocchio, I mean Geppetto. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I was going to correct you, but then I decided not to because I couldn't remember if the guy's name was really Geppetto or not. Um, I also wanted to say the word Geppetto. Okay. I have, we could do a podcast on maybe that movie later because I have some issues with Pinocchio in particular. Okay. Well, I feel like we could do a whole Disney movie thing and just do the ones that particularly (laughs) creep us out. Um, So here's here's a frustration that I have as an adult person. Mm -hmm. So I. I love interior design. Okay. I love home design. I love architecture. Mm. I love watching design shows. Mm-hmm. I, for a brief moment in time, wanted to be an interior designer when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I love this kind of stuff. The problem in my adult person life, though, aside from the fact that I am not a multimillionaire and can't just buy all the things that I want, is that my personal design taste is right on the border of extreme minimalism Mm -hmm. and like intense romance gothic like uh old everything okay velvet red draperies and and uh you know, Christmas lights and, and everything and, you know, uh, black candles and gold everywhere and, you know, going all out. Wow. And those tastes don't. And then there's also like a part of me that really likes, you know, like kind of a um, framed posters on the walls and art everywhere. It, it's just but like modern art like, Mm. you know, cool posters. And so none of my tastes mesh into one house. It just doesn't work. And so it mostly just comes off, like everywhere I've lived is usually just kind of like a mishmash of these different things and nothing works together. And I really just don't I don't know what to do outside of buying multiple homes or decorating each room of a home in a completely different fashion. Okay. And it's very frustrating to me. So that's, that's what I was going to say. Cause I am so I love Asian mm-hmm. design. I have lots of framed concert posters. Don't really go with Asian design. I own a farmhouse. So to some extent you have to, you know, you're look at your, Decorating a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. So like, it's going to look like a farmhouse. Right. You got to embrace that to some extent. I have like your abstract art on the walls. I have an Indian art bow and arrow thing. I mean, I have like totally the same, but I, what I try to do is pick a theme for each room and then keep the things items in that room consistent. Mm, um, I support that. So like the downstairs uh, living room and kitchen, which is the most obvious farmhouse look I just embraced the farmhouse look and so and that's good because it's kind of a neutral place where mostly your guests see right so 
you don't they don't come in and just see like this crazy mix match it's mm -hmm. like okay just a nice you know tastefully decorated farmhouse design but you get up to my office and it gets like a little more of my eccentric type stuff and then our bedroom is done all with the different like concert posters and like all things that we really enjoy mm -hmm. in our lives together and so um that's kind of like and that's our personal space so that's my yeah. suggestion. I say you you kind of pick a room and make a theme for that room. I find that really stressful. I mean, and the thing of it is too, is that I really love, I mean, I guess I just, I'm not in my forever home yet. I've already mm -hmm. mentioned this, um, but I also don't like to put a lot of effort into houses that I know I'm not gonna stay mm -hmm. in for a long period of time. Yeah. So it's like, I have all these ideas, but the longer I wait until I find my forever home, the more ideas I have and the crazier it's going to get, it's going to be like walking into like Peewee's playhouse or something. And I just, I, you know, it's, well, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's just the thing that I've been struggling with lately because I keep thinking, I love looking at, I love planning out rooms and planning out stuff but it's so highly unlikely that my room will ever look like the room that i'm planning out which is why it yeah. would be fun to design things for other people the only problem is that when you design for other people it has to like have something to do with their taste and i don't really care about other people's tastes <laughs> not, not always, interested so i think there's some people who hire interior designers because they want their opinion mm -hmm. um about what's you know yeah because they don't be the have their thing. own opinions yeah that's true that's totally true but yeah i mean i can say that it's also a process it you know you you can have an idea and then you you know you get a couple things and you keep building on it you know mm -hmm. and maybe then the idea kind of has to shift because you can't find this one thing that you're thinking of um you know i believe when the time is right it will be great yeah and i'm sure it's really frustrating too when if you live with someone, if you and your partner have completely different taste and designs. My husband has no like, taste in anything. Most men that I've met um, just don't really care that much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's helpful. Yeah. No, I remember visiting my husband's previous homes where he lived alone as a bachelor and there were no pictures on the walls there was no decorating of any kind at all i remember the dining room definitely did not have a dining room table in it because it was like a wrestling mm -hmm. training room or something instead like no room in the house was purposed the way it was supposed to be and there was never toilet paper in the bathroom oh I no i found out later is because everybody that lived in the house was supposed to have their own roll of toilet paper and then bring it with them. But nobody ever suggested or offered me that when I would say, Hey, I need to use your bathroom. Oh my goodness. So, I, that I can't even handle that. Yeah, no, it was like ultimate bachelor pad type okay. stuff. So, so anything I do would be, I think. An improvement. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, I, and I think too, I've been thinking about houses a lot recently because I've been taking all of these walks that I mentioned mm -hmm. on the last oh, podcast. Yes. So yeah, I'm same. seeing all of these um, like yards, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm seeing all these cute little um, individualistic things that you can do to your yard. And, you know, people have 
you know, there are some people who go for, you know, their cute little prune everything perfectly. And then there are people who have just grass or there are people who have cute little art in their yard, or, I mean, everything's to, or they have a grill and there are all these people who have these amazing patios in their backyard with a pool or something. And then they have lights strung up everywhere. And I think, and then they have, you know, a grill and I think uh, invite you me over. <laughs> I'm like, you are really excited about this grill. <laughs> I just, I want to be a part of that household. So, yeah. you know, it's just a lot of times when I go on these little walks, I'll daydream about what kind of house that I want. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. never the same. I'm kind of open to, you know, like 12 different types of, of looks. Cause I think that what's always scared me about owning, I keep saying forever home because I've watched mm-hmm. too many home shows. Yeah. I think that what scares me about buying a home that I plan to live in for a long time is that my tastes do constantly change. And, um, the idea of living in the same place for a long time has always really scared me. But now I'm in a place where I'm just like, I want to paint walls. I want to put up funky wallpaper. I want to do all sorts of weird stuff. And I can't do that without owning a home. I feel you. I feel you on that. I mean, I will say we do own the one we live in. Yeah, I'm, don't yeah, plan on staying you in just, it for very long but yeah it just doesn't make any sense to t- yeah you know if anything you should be researching like how to stage a home to paint or decorate in a way that would make it more desirable when you're mm-hmm. thinking about leaving yeah it makes it point? look big and makes it look open and exactly all the people want to see I really enjoy it's it's one of my favorite things to daydream about it homes I'll never actually own too. <laughs> like HDTV is my yeah. all-time favorite channel. If I could only have one channel, mm-hmm. I would live off of HGTV and have zero regrets. Yeah, absolutely. But. And I just love, I love daydreaming, daydreaming about the idea of being an architect or a designer, mm. you know, because th- those are the types of jobs that seem so cool in theory, but in reality probably aren't very cool at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really think, interesting to me. I think that's the case. I think, mm-hmm. well, I've heard interior design is a really tough degree to get. Like, it seems like it should be fun. Yeah. So I hate when they take fun well, I think things there's a lot and of make math. them hard. Yeah. I think there's a lot of math and statistics and just things that would not, it's like how as a clothing designer, like I would love to be a clothing designer. I watch those design shows. I think they're super Mm -hmm. fun and interesting and Mm -hmm. I can never find clothes that I like, but I, Mm -hmm. I know what I like, but they don't exist or they existed two years ago and then nobody liked them and then they don't exist anymore. So I would love to do that, but there's so much detail and work that goes into design that has nothing to do with just designing clothes. So Not my thing. Too much work is not my thing. Um, And again, lots of math, I think. Not Mm -hmm. exciting to me. There's a lot of math and stuff that you wouldn't think there would be math in. Mm -hmm. Um, Just want to say that. Yeah. So (laughs) not fun at all. I'm not going to be a clothing. I mean, I am down with being the ideas person and then someone else doing the stuff. Okay. And I think that's what usually rich people do. Um, I think that usually 
once you've reached like Richard Branson level or like mm. Bill Gates level, you're the person who just has the ideas and then other people do the things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when I get to, when I become Richard Branson <laughs> or Bill Gates, when I'm at that level, I'll let you know if that's really the situation. Um, mm -hmm. You might have to do work to get to that level. I don't know. I, I don't have the answers to all these questions yet. Just, um, you know, wait right. for it. Well, let us know. Well, we'll be back next week with something exciting and new. We'll uncover some in-depth story about a fascinating topic. You'll want to be here for that. But we can't tell you because it's yes. a secret. Mm -hmm. It's a secret in a doorway behind a knob that you have to turn yeah. upside down with a key. Yes. And a, you know, ceramic head of mm -hmm. an old guy. For sure. All that stuff. Wait right, for well, it. <laughs> well, Kelly, I hope you have a great week. You too, Heather. I hope your next week is better than the last. I absolutely believe it will be because that's how things go. There's a balance, mm -hmm. right? If you have it, like that's when it, things are really good, it's almost scary because you know that that's not manageable and things are going to be really bad. But the good thing about when things are really bad is that you know that that's also not manageable. And that means that eventually things will be really good again. Life so, is a roller coaster. Looking forward to the the really good. Just and enjoy the ride. Grandma's roller coaster story. Yes. It's my favorite. So uh, yeah. All right. Well, until next week, keep it real. Mm -hmm.